0: Mm, I'm ready.
1: Yeah. Okay. So,
0: so, okay. okay. All right. So, hi. Hey. hey. Hi. Hello. How are you? Hi. Good, good. How are you? I, I had the best day of my life yesterday. Well, my career so far. Really? Yeah. I had an awful day yesterday. Oh, I'm sorry. It was not a good day. Oh, I'll send you some of my really positive energy. <laughs> I need that. Okay, good. yeah, I had a, I
1: had a really bad day at work oh. yesterday. And just in general, it was not good. Like, it was so bad that, like, I didn't even want to play video games with my friends when I got home. I just wanted to, like, collapse on the couch and binge watch The X-Files.
0: Oh, well, I'll I'll let you borrow some of my sunshine. Thank you. Yay! No, I'm still riding high from yesterday. I uh, one of my my longtime anchors retired, and I got to be, you know, in charge. I got to be the gatekeeper of all the notes and the spreadsheets and the delegating and everything, and yeah. and uh, all the responsibilities and stuff. And We put on a really good show and a really good goodbye for her and stuff, and I'm yeah, it was very bittersweet. So yeah, I, and I watched you know. everything
1: on like YouTube because all of your stuff mm-hmm. posts on YouTube, and it yeah. was oh, it was it was really touching. It was and, cool. like I'm not even like you know, a big time, long time follower of it. And it was still like very emotional. Yeah. So it's like you, you could tell that a lot of heart and soul went into it. So it, it was, was really, fun. It she was, was really good. she
0: was with us for 23 years. So and we wish her luck and we, you know, I hope she has a really great retirement. So yes. Yeah. So that was a really fun day yesterday, but uh, now I'm still, still smiling, still feeling good. And it's yeah, awesome. ready to talk about some conspiracies. and Yes. Cryptids.
1: And we're ready to finally record again. Cause yeah. oh my God. So since the last time you've heard us, yeah, we recorded an episode and a half.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And then I don't know if I I don't oh. remember, I think I posted about it on our Facebook. I know I know I posted about it on our Twitter.
0: Devastation. But um
1: that whole episode and a half was lost mm-hmm. because my computer's hard drive decided to crash right in the middle of us recording the second episode. Just
0: dead. Like it was like it was that We
1: came back from the the mid or the mid middle break. Mm-hmm. And I went and pressed the record button mm-hmm. and it just, the I got little the, wheel of the little <laughs> rainbow pinwheel of death. Oh,
0: it's so, and so it charming and yet so deadly.
1: And then I tried to restart the computer
0: and like it Jeffrey, wouldn't. Wait, what's his, what's his name? Um, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. So, so charming and yet so charming. deadly. Yep.
1: But yeah, so and then I tried to restart the computer and it wouldn't get past the like loading screen, mm. and it was oh, it was it was a mess. I was devastated. You
0: left here very sad, and we felt very bad. I
1: wasn't mm. sad, I you was were mad. Bad. You were very
0: mad. You were I very, was very mad. So upset, but yes, you were very upset.
1: <laughs> but yeah, but um, I got my computer working again, like, I got it fixed. I had to take it to a store and get the hard drive replaced and everything. But I mean, to be fair. It, the You know, the computer is 10 years old, and for it to last that long is still impressive. And I got pretty much everything back except except the episode and a half.
0: You know, but so at least you got everything else back. I'm glad you got your files back. Yeah, That's I did awesome. get just,
1: just about everything else back. I got like 99.99% back, just that
0: little .1. I'm glad this little pod so, wasn't responsible for, like, utter chaos. Oh, I know. You know, I but, mean, it's still, you know.
1: But this did give us, um this did give us a reason to introduce a new tier level on our Patreon. Exactly. Um so since the episode was lost and I was, you know, kind of devastated and didn't know what to do about it, my brother suggested, well, why don't you put your scripts up on your Patreon um as like the lost episode. Mm So Um, So we now have a $5 tier on our Patreon. I don't know why we'd skipped a $5 tier and went right from $1 to 10 but we have now We're ambitious. Yeah, apparently. So, but we have now um, introduced a $5 tier on our Patreon where we will be posting our scripts from every episode and all of our source notes and everything. And it'll also grant you access to our lost episode where we talked about... What did we talk about? I talked about... Which is Don't
0: a... Don't tell them. Oh, well, I want to tell them. Oh, about. But then what are they going to... They're just going to tell me all the Patreons. You've got to buy right. it to find out what it is. It's the last episode. Okay, fine. Well, so you not, talked okay. about something. I talked about something. You okay. We can always cut that out. Yeah, I'll cut that out. Okay, we <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> My bad. I didn't So think. anyway, so we'll go... So, so, so yeah. With Patreon, yes. So yeah,
1: just go to, go to our Patreon. And check out the lost episode. Exactly, it'll probably just be entitled the lost episode. I don't know what else to call it.
0: Exactly. So, uh, yeah, it'll be the lost episode, and uh, you you have to find out. You have to pay for it to find out what it yeah. is, and it'll be really <laughs> yeah. awesome. And uh, so we're gonna post our notes there, and then we're gonna start doing that. So now when we say we're gonna put it in the blog, we're actually we're put actually it in the gonna blog. be putting it on the Patreon. But it's secret. But it's secret. Informer. Uh, you know that one song. Just yeah. Like that one's on. So, so, are you on ready this to show? Oh, go ahead. We like to use a penny for your thoughts. We like to flip a penny for our thoughts to decide who. Or shake a penny for our thoughts. shake a penny for our thoughts. And a little shot glass, we went on at a got from an adventure we went on. For those of you who don't know, yeah, what we do is every episode
1: we flip a coin to find <laughs> out who goes first. We have a penny that I don't remember how we picked a penny. I think it was just a coin you had lying around. Yeah, I think so. And yeah. we were like, hey, a penny for your thoughts. Yeah. And then we've got a shot glass from a underground Sacramento tour that Tess and I went on. Yeah, so we just we decided instead of flipping the coin and losing it like we always did, we just put it in the shot glass (laughs) and shake it. (laughs) Oh, here
0: goes nothing. Who who gets to pick this time? You get to pick this time. I get to pick this time. Yeah, because I think.
1: With the episodes we lost, I was the last one to pick. So you get to pick this time. Hopefully okay. you get to go first this time.
0: Okay. And uh, let's go with the nose, nose. Let's go with the tails.
1: Heads. I get to go first again. Dang it. I'm, uh, at some point, we'll probably just decide, okay, Sammy gets to go first. Uh, <laughs>
0: yes, at some point. This, this is the Sammy show. I don't want it to Sammy's be Sammy's name is show. first in the title. No. I don't want that. But see, Conspiracies
1: comes first. So it's like my name comes first true. in the title. That's true. But that's only because alphabetical.
0: And it just sounds... Sammy and Tessa. It sounds better.
1: And like I said, it's alphabetical. But yeah. Conspiracies comes before cryptids.
0: That's true. Okay. But so then technically, <laughs> so then should I go first? No.
1: <laughs> go for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... Uh, growing up, I always thought the weirdest thing about Ohio was that a completely landlocked state had a sea world, which it did. And I, I went to it. Yeah. It does not exist anymore. It oh. has long since been closed down. Bye. Yeah. But they had a sea world, which is weird. Like I said, Ohio.
0: I didn't know Had that. a sea world. Ohio had a sea world. Landlocked Ohio, Ohio yep. had a sea world.
1: Then, when I got older, I thought that Cornhenge was the weirdest thing that Ohio had. And what Cornhenge is is it is a art display or an art piece that was created, which is a hundred and nine ears of concrete corn in the middle of a field. I have a picture. Interesting. Okay. I have a, I have a picture. It is.
0: Uh, oh oh oh! What what <laughs> what?
1: Yeah, it's pretty strange, right?
0: What am I looking? What? You're looking
1: at cornhenge. I'm
0: looking at cornhenge, guys. It is literally
1: what? 109 years of concrete corn.
0: Okay. I
1: mean, it. you wouldn't think it would get much weirder than that, but it does. Okay, Ohio. Because now I know that the weirdest thing that Ohio has is the melon heads. Although, let's be real, cornhenge is still pretty weird.
0: They have melon heads. Melon heads.
1: Melon heads. Now, this story technically spans over three states- Um, Ohio, Michigan, and Connecticut. Oh. But Ohio seems to be the most prominent one. In fact, it's even listed on, like, their Weird Ohio website.
0: Hmm. Yeah, which is like an
1: official website for Ohio.
0: Mm. They have (coughs) an official website. for For
1: Weird Ohio. For Weird Ohio. Yes. Cool. I mean, you know. It's apparently a very weird state. They have cornhenge They do.
0: I can see you. I would devote a website to it. <laughs> go on. Some right. melon heads.
1: So uh, as far as the Ohio legends go, um, the melon heads were originally orphans who were under the care of a man named Dr. Crow somewhere around Kirtland, Ohio. According to the legends, Dr. Crow experimented on the orphans and gave them oversized hairless heads and deformed bodies. In some cases, it's said that the orphans already suffered from hydrocephalus and that crow injected more fluid into their already swollen heads. Now, what hydrocephalus is, is it's a condition that causes excess cerebrospinal fluid to build up in the brain, causing rapid increase in head size, primarily in infants. And I have a picture of what an actual child looks like with hydrocephalus. And it's actually it's actually kind of creepy looking. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's like, that's that's an extreme
1: case. yeah, You know, it it can get that bad. Um, So Crow allegedly ended up killing the orphans, burning down the building, and then fled into the woods where he apparently fed on babies. Oh my. (laughs) How charming. (laughs) Legends state that you can still see the melon heads that escaped along Windsor Road in Kirtland. Oh. And there was even a movie in 2010 created called The Legend of the Melon Heads. And it was based on the Ohio version of the story.
0: Wow, Ohio. <clears throat> oh, hi-oh. Oh,
1: hi-oh. we're
0: going they love that. Right? Sorry, now we're guys. Now we into the
1: Michigan version of the story. Okay. Um, this version of the story says that the children, once again, were hydrocephalus patients who lived near Felt Mansion in Saugatuck, Michigan. I hope I pronounced that right. S-A-U-G-A-T-U-K. Saugatuck, Sounds Michigan.
0: let right. I'd say it that way.
1: At the Junction Insane Asylum. Hmm. So apparently, like according to the legend, the Felt Mansion was at one point an insane asylum. Um, apparently, after years of abuse and torture, the patients went wild and were released into the surrounding woods. Apparently, they just said, no, we can't deal with these these nope. patients, any these, you know, children out. anymore. So we're just going to kick them out into the woods. Done. Um, some, some versions say of this some versions of this story say that the melon heads or wobble heads, as they've sometimes been called, uh, lived at felt mansion and later escaped into a system of underground caves left over from an abandoned zoo. <laughs> wow.
0: I'll give you a second. Oh Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I don't
1: know why there was an abandoned zoo, but <laughs>
0: oh, that's a quite a sentence,
1: right? Oh my you want gosh. Me to repeat it?
0: Yes, please.
1: Um, Some versions of this story say that the Melonheads, or Wobbleheads, lived at Felt Mansion and later escaped into a system of underground caves left over from an abandoned zoo.
0: Yeah, that's still weird. Yep. That's uh, wow. Okay. So, and then what? Uh, there are more legends. There are, but oh. let me
1: show you first uh, a okay. couple pictures of Felt Mansion. It's a real okay. place. Ooh. So this is what Felt Mansion <gasps> looked like before ooh. historic re- or renovations.
0: Ooh, that's dark. Okay. So you know
1: that was like when it was all boarded up and gross. It's all this mansiony. Is, this is ooh, what it looks like now. Oh. Ooh, it's pretty. So it's been cleaned ooh. up and made ooh. nice. Ooh, I want to live there. Right. It's
0: really pretty. I bet there's lots of bathrooms. How do you clean all those bathrooms? How do you even you, use all those bathrooms? If you, can Are you afford just like a, in
1: the neighborhood of that bathroom? If you can afford a mansion like that, you can also afford
0: help. You just have that many bathrooms just so that if you're in that area of the house, you have a bathroom. That's guess. insane. If you get lost in the house, you have a bathroom That's somewhere insane. close by. That's insane.
1: Yeah. Um, yet another version of the Michigan legends say that the children killed the doctor that experimented on them, cut him up into pieces, and hid those pieces around the mansion.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, right. It, hide and seek. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, now that's a body of work.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, and then in 2011, another movie just called "The Melon Heads" was made that was based on the Michigan version of the story. So in two years, two movies were made about melon heads. One about the Ohio version, one about the Michigan version. Jeez, pop culture. I kind of want to see them. Yeah. They sound like they're really bad B movies. They, they do. <laughs> I could already tell they sound like bad yeah. B movies. Go on. Okay. So now we're going to talk about the Connecticut versions. I, I keep wanting to say Connecticut. Connecticut. Because that's how I remember how to spell it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Connecticut versions of the stories. And I actually have cousins that live in Connecticut. Oh, cool. I should have asked them about this. Yeah. Um, in one variation of the story, an asylum for the criminally insane burned down in 1960 in Fairfield County. This fire killed all the staff and most of the patients, save for 10 to 20 that were unaccounted for. Allegedly, those missing patients fled into the surrounding woods and resorted to cannibalism in order to survive. Oh, my. Which in turn caused them to develop hydrocephalus, which is not really how you develop hydrocephalus. No. Tell you to develop a lot of other diseases, yes. but yes, it's
0: not just to develop
1: that. Right. Um, another version from Connecticut said that the melon heads are descendants from the Shelton uh, Trumbull family. Um, the Shelton Trumbull family was a colonial era family that was banished from the town for practicing witchcraft. Um, as with other versions, they fled into the woods to escape. However, in this version, inbreeding is the cause of the melon shaped heads, not cannibalism yeah yeah or hydrocephalus it was just birth defects and, and mm-hmm. deformities
0: now so, whether the pro, you know proclivity for cannibalism was caused by inbreeding i mean that is another maybe could be maybe
1: but yeah. i'm not saying it's not yeah. but
0: i'm not saying it is either
1: that's true it might be Just a preference so description of them is they appear human they're pale or sickly in color and they have uh oversized bulbous heads and in some variants they have sharp teeth now I have like an artistic rendition. This was everywhere that I looked of what they look like, and it's really creepy looking. Why did I keep? Oh, I accidentally turned the screen off. I'm sorry. <sighs> sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm not good with technology.
0: Oh my. Yeah. Really oh. good looking. Oh yeah. my. <laughs> oh. That's odd. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's quite a rendition.
1: Yeah. Not not great looking. Yeah. Um.
0: Oh, I did, have... did I...
1: Yeah. I had one other picture that I wanted to show you. This was actually a. Artistic rendition of an actual hydrocephalus patient's skull. So the skull actually developed large.
0: Whoa. Because, it,
1: like I said, it, it makes the brain enlarge, which obviously the skull has to enlarge to facilitate the large brain. I
0: imagine that the
1: bone is very thin because. Probably because it's stretched it's thin, so, I guess.
0: So, yeah. Woo.
1: Yeah. Creepy. Ooh. All right, so now we're going to get into actual sightings. You wouldn't think that there'd be sightings of these things, but there are. I mean, there are real people that actually do have it, too, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The first sighting comes from Wycliffe, Ohio, in 1964. A group of teenagers were driving around at night when they saw a creature on the side of the road. They stopped to get a closer look, but the creature ran off into the woods, so the teens chased after it, Yeah, because teenagers are stupid, and instead yeah. of calling the cops, they go and do this. Uh, they eventually came to a clearing with an old house set in the middle of it. Uh, whether this house was the mansion, I don't know. It didn't specify. Probably not, because that's this is the Ohio version. Mm. Um, uh, on the porch sat an elderly couple with several melon-headed creatures wandering around. One of the teens asked the couple what was going on and was told by the elderly man that he had been a nuclear scientist during World War II and that the radiation he'd been exposed to caused his children to be born, to all be born with cranial deformities. Mm. Uh, He went on to explain that the government paid him to keep quiet and moved him and his family to a remote location so they wouldn't be found by normal society. Hmm. But if, you know, four teenagers could find them after just, you know, a couple of minutes in the woods, it's probably not that remote but anyway yeah, that's true. um the story i didn't write this down but the story also went on to say that, like the teenagers went and reported it and then all of a sudden the teenager's story just suddenly changed and they were like oh yeah we Ooh. didn't find anything
0: Ooh, so Ooh.
1: but then how did we hear about the story then yeah like that's true hmm. i don't know i don't know per- i don't claim to know yep you know uh next one comes from 1980 um or the 1980s in general, which is the best decade as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, when a group of girls named Megan, Sue, Kim, Deb, Jen, and Karen.
0: Oh, so 80s. Oh, my God. And just
1: like... Those, Deb alone. Those names scream side ponies and puffy sleeves. And, Ka- and then later <laughs> in the
0: 90s and, and 2000s, they want to speak to the manager. Yeah,
1: yeah. Those are those are definitely the names of 80s teenagers that grew up to be, you know... Those Speak to moms. the manager mothers. <clears throat> uh, they were out for a joy ride on a Friday night. Oh. Uh, the group Karen de- had a past. <laughs> the group decided to take a ride down Dracula Drive for kicks, knowing full well about all of the dark folklore of the melon heads that orbited it.
0: Deb thought she was going to be a fun mom. Apparently. Was it Deb?
1: All of them. All of them. Karen? But Deb Deb wasn't I'm like a just, regular mom. She's a cool mom. Just all of them. So as they turned onto the secluded road, none of them thought they would actually see one of the creatures. And then they, or they even parked the car and got out to explore, which that's horror movie cliche number one: don't get out of the car to go no. explore.
0: No, stay in the car.
1: Um, you're gonna it would, fall. It would apparently be a decision they would soon regret. Yeah, no duck.
0: Yeah, you're not gonna fall in the car.
1: No duck, heron. <laughs> <laughs> No, duck Karen. <laughs>
0: a, God, a decision you would
1: soon regret. Classic Karen. <laughs> um, as they walked down the road, giggling and trying to spook each other with scary stories, they allegedly heard the door of their car open, after which it started up and then actually came driving towards them. Night Rider. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of this group of, like, 80s basic girls would have a Knight Rider car.
0: You never know.
1: I mean, the whole... They lo- I mean, watch I guess a lot the whole of TV. premise of the new Bumblebee movie is a basic girl having a transformer. So it's true.
0: Have you? I can't have a transformer.
1: Seen, have you seen the comparisons people have made to like of the Bumblebee movie to like those like stereotypical horse girl movies?
0: Yeah, I have. It's so oh my funny. god!
1: My brother went and saw it and was like, it, "It's a horse girl movie."
0: It's a, oh
1: no, <laughs> Bumblebee! No. <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm off topic as usual. Um, so let's see. It came driving towards them. Bum, bum, bum. The mysterious thief obscured by the dark and the blinding headlights. Wait, what? Oh, after which it started up and actually came driving towards them with the thief obscured by the dark and the blinding headlights. Okay. The car barreled towards them, forcing them to jump off into the tree line. And when they looked around, they would finally see the car thieves within as the vehicle passed. They were described as child-sized humanoids dressed in ragged clothes and with humongous heads and wide eyes that glowed, glowed with an orange light. I don't know how they saw this from the road, especially if the car is driving past them, but whatever, Karen.
0: Not really. Come on, Deb. <laughs> whatever.
1: <laughs> whatever, Sue. <laughs> Sue is another Susan. God, Come on, Susan. And then Megan. <laughs> you can't sit with us, Megan. <laughs> okay, uh, the creatures could be heard giggling maniacally as the car sped past and off into the night, never to be seen again. So they just... <laughs> and the girls never got their car back
0: <laughs>
1: All, one two three four there were six of them in this car
0: could you imagine trying to explain that to your parents
1: <laughs> my guess is they probably ran the car into a ditch and they came up with this story it wouldn't surprise as a last me. It would ditch effort that ah. <laughs> was terrible um as as a you know, a, a story to come up with to explain the fact that, you know, they wrecked the car. Yeah. Oh, well, we lost the car because some little melon head things came and took it from us.
0: Sure deb. Laughing all the way. Sure deb. Sure Deb. Come on. <laughs> Susan.
1: Get it together, Megan. <laughs> God. Classic Karen. Oh
0: God, classic Karen. <clears throat> with a K. They, classic with
1: a K. They thought classic they were gonna Karen. grow up to be fun people. And they're not. But they just grew up getting an. Oh, they are. They they could be. They just grew up to get an inverted bob with chunky highlights and asking to speak to the manager. Yes,
0: exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So
1: judgmental tonight. Okay. They
0: were so fun, and when they were teenagers, though, so we got to get them. Credit. I literally they're still all fun. Can,
1: they're still fun as adults, just secretly. All I can think of is them running through the woods with their, you know, like missing a car, pink and teal windbreakers with the puffy sleeves and their the, scrunchies and a perm. Or is that nineties? No, scrunchies was eighties. Yeah, yeah, you know, with a perm, a side, mm. a, a permed side pony. That's true. Yeah, yeah, like our pictures, just bobbing through the yeah, <laughs> bobbing through the woods.
0: Oh my god they took our car <laughs> oh my god
1: okay <laughs> next story comes from uh chardon or chardon ohio october 5th 2001 um th- uh, this one's written in first person so i'm just gonna read it the way it's written my stepfather mom stepbrother and me were driving down <sighs> shillow road i don't know i can't all these east coast names they're so weird. I'm 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 used to our west coast like Spanish names like
0: Dracula Drive. The Oh yeah, the that Karen I, went
1: down. I, I I looked into that. Dracula Drive is apparently one of those you know how every every like city or town has one of those mythological roads that's haunted. Oh. Apparently Dracula Drive is the like fake name for one of those roads. Got like, it. we had got okay, it. like a um, lovers leap kind of thing. Yeah, like okay, so in South Dakota where I lived Uh, growing up I I spent a couple years living in the city of Sioux Falls and one of the legends was about spook road Mm. now the road it was a real road and Mm. it had a real name but the cultural like legend name for it was spook road Mm. so I think Dracula Drive was just the spook road I see sort of name for it you know kind of like lover's lane and you know make out point stuff like that
0: we had heaven and top of the world when I was in high school and stuff yeah yeah Yeah, so I think it's kind of like that Dracula Drive
1: Which honestly sounds so much cooler than Spook Road. No kidding. (laughs) Anyway, okay, so they're driving down Chillicothe Road in Chardon, Ohio. Um, We've been driving up and down roads in the same area for almost an hour with no luck. I don't know what they were looking for. Um, We were just about to go home. when I don't know why a family was out (laughs) looking for creepy things. Like, this sounds like, you know, an edgy teenager thing, but apparently... You know how some families, they go out to, like, you know, look at Christmas lights and Christmas decorations. (laughs) Apparently, this family was like, let's go look for melon heads. Screw
0: family game (laughs) night. This is way more fun. (laughs) So we were just about
1: to go home. Family
0: shame night.
1: (laughs) Family shame night. (sighs) I'll bet this was Karen's family. I bet it was. Yeah. Like... 80s was when karen was the thing and then this is 2001 this is 20 years later karen probably has a kid by now totally karen's family and she probably has you know uh like a second husband yeah you know yeah see let's just say this is karen's family let's do it karen from the 80s this is her family only you know and then and then dracula drive is actually chillicothe road sure <laughs> we're creating our own. We're kind of,
0: yeah, really. <laughs> this is a stretch now. This is, now we're stretching the this truth. This is our
1: head cannon. <laughs> um, we were just about to go home when we came upon this stretch of road that had fields on both sides and an irrigation ditch running parallel with each side of the road. And then I look out my window and I saw him, a melon head. He or it, gotta be gender neutral, he or it was running along next to the ditch. Since the ditch was too wide to jump over, it was coming close. Like it was about to jump, then pulling away. At the time, we were going about forty-five to fifty miles an hour, and the melon head was keeping up with us. No! <laughs> you wouldn't think something with a head that bulbous would be able to keep up with a car without yeah. like tipping
0: over. Cause I mean, like, imagine like a bobble head. Like it's like you can like it's um, you can imagine its head is like behind it, like <laughs> just dragging on the ground. Yeah, exactly. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: I didn't picture that before you said it odd
0: cryptid (laughs) this is a really odd cryptid
1: all right so they go on to say it didn't look anything like i've heard in the stories he looked about the same height as me five foot seven so that's my height wearing brown pants which were very ripped up and where where the seams should be it was held together by what looked like corn husk this is very, very descriptive. Uh, it wore a white shirt with brown and red stains all over it. And then in parentheses, hoping that the red stains weren't blood. Really? <laughs> its head was a very light brown tint. It had two holes in the side of its head, which I think were ears. Really? Its head was swelled up and its eyes were very big looking. Just as we turned a curve, it jumped into the woods.
0: Oh, boing. Very, this-
1: very strange. It tried to jump, but it, its head was still it, it on the ground. It, it tried to jump. Kind or of... <laughs> it, it bounced on its head. There we go. Yeah, maybe. You know, kind of like one of those hop-along yeah. balls. Like the ones with the handles. Odd. It's an odd position to be in. <laughs> I don't know. Oi. All right. The next one is from Felt Mansion, Michigan. Oh, okay. Ooh. Which is that cool Okay. Mansion, Woman named Kelly Top Bedrosian, or Bedrosin, mm. Bedrosian, B-E-D-R-O-S-I-A-N, mm. Bedrosian, Um, claimed to have seen the melon heads while exploring the abandoned felt mansion in Michigan. She said that while she and her friends were exploring, she saw a man standing a good distance away and that there was something off about him. His head, she would come to realize, was larger than it should be. I don't know how you don't notice that right away, but she was like, "Mm, something's not quite right. Oh, it's his head.
0: I don't think he's wearing the same socks. Mm. Hmm. Something's not right. Something's
1: not right here. I can't quite put my finger on it, but it's... Not something I can quite put my finger on.
0: You, you, you put your he- your uh uh you hit the nail on the head. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you tried a
1: little hard on a that. A little one. hard
0: on that one. <laughs> I, I got
1: there. Um. So she said, not knowing who this man could be, my friend yelled hello to try and be friendly, but all we got was a loud grunt, and the man continued to walk towards us, but now at a faster pace. At this point, the same idea hit all of us. And we all started sprinting towards our car. We scrambled in and peeled out of the parking lot at full speed, not slowing down until we were several, several miles away from the mansion. Oh, that's, that's it. That's the whole thing.
0: Oh my. (laughs) And, and then it was, and then it it slowed down and just kind of went away. I guess they departed. It was just Mm. like, no, okay.
1: Wow. Yep. Next one is from Windsor Road in Ohio in 2009. So I don't, I don't have any sightings from Connecticut, Mm -hmm. just Michigan and Ohio. Okay. Um, but like I said, the legend exists in Connecticut. I just couldn't find any sightings from there. Okay. So yeah, Windsor Road, Ohio, 2009. A man who goes by the name J.B., so the first name J, last initial B, claims to have lived near the woods in Ohio where the melon heads frequent when he was a child. He said, it was an early autumn night around 10 p.m. when I heard my dog bark and I ran outside to see what was going on. When I went outside to see what the commotion was all about, I found my dog lying there bleeding.
0: <gasps> oh, puppy. Poor puppy. Mm.
1: That's not okay. Um, I looked towards the woods and saw what I believed to be a small figure with very pale skin and a large head. When the creature saw me, it ran into the woods. I went out the next morning and followed the tracks, but they stopped near a creek.
0: Mm.
1: And that's that's the whole... Oh, wow. That's all the sightings I've got. Oh, wow. Um. So the possible explanations is that it's hydrocephalus patients, mm-hmm. you know, which... That seems to make the most logical sense. Yeah. Yep. Um, Another interesting one was that the mansion um, in... Was the mansion in Michigan? Michigan. That mansion actually did used to be a a private Catholic school. Mm -hmm. And apparently a lot of the public school students thought the private Catholic school students were very snobby and arrogant... And would often call them big-headed oh, or melon heads.
0: Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so they were... So maybe it was just over-inflated like, inflated. You know, yeah. and it just became rumors. Yeah, and it but, just kind of like, you hmm. know, spread from there. Like
1: probably, you know, like the, the teenagers was like, oh, those melon heads. And maybe like one of their little brothers and sisters was like, "What the melon head? Well, it's this ugly, bulbous-headed creature that lives at the Catholic school. The, that the, just, that to me sounds the most logical for... How the rumor and the yeah. legend got spread. That makes sense. But. Um, and then the last possibility for what they could be is aliens. Or alien human hybrids. Oh. Which. I love me a good alien human hybrid.
0: That. See I can laugh at that answer. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with that answer. Yeah. That's my favorite. Because that sounds really funny. That's, that's especially if we're imagining them running. Yeah. And their heads are dragging behind them. And they're trying to yeah. run as fast as they can. But they can't. Can you, can you make like an. So you made,
1: like, an animation, like, gif of uh, uh, Zodiac Jack. Could you make an animation gif of, like, the melon head running with his head flopping in the back? I might be able to. I might be able to. We'll see. We'll see. I I know that's asking a lot. It might be. I've got it pictured in my head, and now I want to see it in real life. We'll
0: see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Because I'm, I'm like, (laughs) I'm
1: picturing almost, like, an Elmer Fudd sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. But with his head being big and, like, drooped on the ground behind him.
0: We'll see. I'll put something together. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. So that's all I've got for the melon heads. That's awesome. That's
0: very interesting. <laughs> I know, right? Very creepy little creatures melon that, that and just steal cars from teenagers.
1: Steal cars from classic Karen.
0: They're they're the reason that they ask for the manager to this day. Yep. And they're they're still disgruntled about their stolen car. Their stolen car. Yep. Yep.
1: All right. So we're gonna take a break. Cool. And when we come back, Tess is gonna. Conspiracy, right. yeah.
0: We're gonna, we're, we're, we're talking, we're gonna get gross after the break. Ooh, Heck yeah. I do, I,
1: do I know any gross conspiracies? Oh, you do? Probably.
0: Okay. All right. So we'll be back. Cool. <laughs> we'll see you guys soon. All right. And we're back. We're back. Okay. Welcome back. So, uh, so now that we've been, we've listened to the melon heads, mm-hmm. now we're going to, uh, we're, we're gonna talk about something a little whimsical, also
1: whimsical and gross,
0: kind of. A little bit. We're gonna we're gonna traverse. We're gonna go. I'm gonna run the gamut a little bit here. Okay, I'm excited. So you're familiar with the story of Alice in Wonderland, or also known as Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Absolutely. Right. Yes. Written in 1865 by Lewis Carroll, which is a pseudonym for Charles Lutwidge Dodgson, a mathematician at Christ Church, Oxford. Mm-hmm. It's about a young girl who falls down a rabbit hole, meets a cast of trippy characters, eats a mushroom or two, a few heads roll at the castle, some hearts are broken. You know the story off other mm-hmm. head. Yes. 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 The story's flexing of logic and the imagination is what continues to captivate both children and adults to this day. I mean, Mm. we're still making movies out of it, and it's well over 150 years old. Yeah,
1: that's a good story.
0: Great so stories. since the 1960s, there's been a trend for readers to identify an underlying drug theme in the book. Mm-hmm. The Cheshire cat can disappear, leaving the hallucination of a wide grin behind. Alice drinks potions and eat pieces of mushroom to change her physical state. A caterpillar smokes an elaborate water pipe. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing is a trip. Yeah. Right. But Dodgson was not thought to be a patron of opium or laudanum at the time, and mm-hmm. he remained a bachelor and an Oxford math teacher until his death in 1898. Mm-hmm. But whether Alice in Wonderland is an adventure in ecstasy and LSD is not our topic today.
1: Oh, okay, all right.
0: Now, what do you know about Jack the Ripper?
1: Oh God, that he's one of the most prolific and unknown serial killers in all of history.
0: Exactly, it's the best known name for the I- unidentified serial killer who tore through largely impoverished areas around the Whitechapel district of London in 1888. Mm-hmm. Jack is also referred to as, in the media as the Whitechapel Murderer and mm-hmm. the Leather Apron. Mm-hmm. Since violence against women was so common in East End at the time, investigators had a hard time figuring out which murders were actually connected. Mm -hmm. How charming. Right. The murders of 11 women were recorded between April 3rd, 1888 and February 1891 and were included in the London Metropolitan Police Services investigation and were known collectively as the police docket and uh, as the Whitechapel murders. Mm -hmm. Right. Then there's the canonical five that everybody knows. The five women that were killed in pretty quick sequence, known as the canonical five, are Mary Ann Nichols, Annie Chapman, Elizabeth Stride, Catherine Eddowes, and Mary Jane Kelly. Okay. So there are five women that were killed in a pretty quick sequence known as the Canonical Five. Marianne Nichols, Annie Chapman, Elizabeth Stride, Catherine Eddowes, and Mary Jane Kelly. I won't go into how they were murdered because this isn't technically our topic today Mm -hmm. either. But trust me, this topic gets a little gross. All you need to know is that they were killed in a matter of a few weeks between September 8th and November 9th, 1888, at night, on or close to a weekend, and either at the end of the month or a week or so after. Mm -hmm. There were more murders afterward, but Mary Kelly is widely considered his last victim, and there were four more after them that were also included in the Whitechapel file.
1: Right, right. Because yeah, there, there's a lot of thoughts that there were there were um what is the word copycat killers yeah. for Jack? Oh yeah, like like they they really only attribute like that small five to Jack the Ripper, but there were so many other ones that were around the same time, and they they don't quite have the same calling card and MO as Jack. They're very similar, but there's details that aren't. So they think that, Jack the Ripper was actually multiple copycat
0: killers. Exactly, and <clears throat> Jack's act- attacks usually involved working uh, women, working women in the slums of the area, whose mm-hmm. throats were cut before he cut into their bellies. He removed mm-hmm. organs of at least three of the victims, which led investigators to believe he had some surgical or anatomical knowledge. Mm-hmm. Rumors started circulating that the murders were connected, and then local newspapers started receiving letters from people c- claiming to be responsible mm-hmm. for the attack. Yeah, one was published wherein the suspect called himself Jack the Ripper, and it was dispersed all over. the place but it's widely believed to have been a hoax written by the journalists themselves right the from hell letter received by george lusk of the Whitechapel vigilance committee came with half of a preserved human kidney purportedly (sighs) taken from one of the victims the letter's writer claimed to have eaten the other half this is considered the most genuine of the letters and it's also not signed jack the ripper I, i don't think i knew that yeah, that's that's what From Hell is based on that movie with Johnny Depp and um oh, yeah. Heather Graham and stuff is based on The f- Canonical 5 letter. and it's called, you know, From Hell. So yeah, and oh it's God. written at the very end. But And oh it's God. also got okay. Bilbo Baggins in it. Of course. <laughs> Who plays the bad guy. Surprise, surprise. Mm,
1: mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. The list of suspects has widely been debated, but it usually comes down to an affluent or educated upper class man, possibly a doctor or aristocrat. Aristocrat, not an (laughs) aristocrat.
1: That's a great Disney movie.
0: (laughs) Yes, it certainly is. One of my favorites. (laughs) Who ventured into Whitechapel from the more expensive neighborhoods. Two of the names that pop up on the suspect list are William Gull, Queen Victoria's personal physician, and hmm. a scrap metal merchant named James Maybrick, who allegedly left a diary confessing to the murders. Hmm. If you, and then, like I said, if you actually really want a pretty good, good represent, uh, representation of the story, I'd say I'd suggest that movie. It's pretty good.
1: I'll check it out.
0: And uh, except for the ending, obviously it's kind of a stretch, but like
1: the good first three quarters. Okay, yeah, I'll have to check it out because, like I said, I love Jack the Ripper. Like not not love him in a in a weird way, but just love
0: him. He's a great serial killer. No. i have a
1: fascination with serial killers as do a lot of people which mm-hmm. explains why there's so many true crime explains podcasts why i'm doing there. this topic yeah. today so but he's super fascinating and, and I, I love learning about him so exactly. anyway keep going sorry
0: so what if i told you that lewis carroll or charles dodgson was jack the ripper
1: <gasps> oh my god i've never okay i'm really interested to f- hear this one
0: the theory gained a lot of attention and even added carol to the list of possible suspects on the main database but he's easily one of the most laughable ones on there because okay. a lot of people don't take this very seriously but right, i thought right. it was really interesting mm-hmm. so it was first proposed by richard wallace in the 1996 book jack the ripper light-hearted friend richard wallace is a clinical social worker and part-time carol scholar and he wrote the book suggesting that there was something more sinister behind carol's mind the author states Lewis Carroll and his colleague, Thomas Bain, were responsible for the murders. His theories are based primarily on a number of anagrams pulled from Alice in Wonderland and Sylvia and Bruno. Because even though Carroll was a mathematician by trade, he was known for having a lot of fun with letters. Mm -hmm. So this guy claimed that the books, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and Sylvia and Bruno, contained hidden but detailed descriptions of the murders. Carroll was sent to boarding school at the age of 12 and would sometimes write home to complain about the other boys' nighttime racket. Wallace uses these letters as a hint that Carol was being bullied and by other kids at the school, suffering a psychotic break that would follow him the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of a leap. But uh, Wallace is rearranging the letters of a uh, letter to his brother, Skeffington. He had a brother named Skeffington. <laughs>
1: That's uh, quite the name. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, my brother, Skeffington. Skeffington. <laughs>
0: So the letter originally read, My dear Skeff, roar not lest thou be abolished. If you rearrange the letters, it reads, Ask mother about the red lion, safer boys fled. The red lion was a game played at Carol's boarding school, one that Wallace suspects was sexual in nature, and left Carol burning with fury at his parents for leaving him there. Has anyone checked on Mr. Wallace lately? Oh my god. (laughs) Like yeah, he just assumed that he like he rearranged letters and said that that was a cipher and that he was being sexually abused at boarding school. So I think Mr. Wallace is I gonna... mean, there are a lot of
1: bad things that happen at boarding school. That's true.
0: thats very true, especially so, then. so but yeah, yeah. so after publishing Alice in 1865, Carroll continued to teach at Oxford, still stewing mm-hmm. over his boyhood bullying, according to Wallace, mm-hmm. possibly confiding his bloodthirst to his lifelong friend Thomas Bain. During the Whitechapel murders, Carol published a shorter poem, a nursery rhyme, about the now extremely popular tale. Wallace says rearranging the nursery Alice turns into a detailed confession of the gruesome murders. For example, so we went to the cook. This is a quote. Mm -hmm, from the mm -hmm. So we went to the cook and we got her a saucer full of nice oatmeal porridge. And then we called Dash into the house and we said, now, Dash, you're going to have your birthday treat. We expected Dash would jump for joy, but it didn't one bit. If you rearrange it, it reads, Oh, we, Thomas Bain, Charles Dodgson, coited to the slain, nude body, expected to taste, devour, enjoy a nice meal of a dead whore's uterus. We made do, found it awful, wan and tough like a worn, dirty goat hog. We both threw it out, signed Jack the Ripper.
1: What the heck? (laughs) Apparently all those letters rearrange say that. I mean, that just seems like such a weird stretch. Like... Mm -hmm. I'm going to take all of the letters in this and just start, like, fiddling around with them. I'm going
0: to blow your mind at the very end of this with another one. Oh, my God. Okay. Like I said, that just,
1: that sounds like somebody that had way too much time on their hands that was like, what can I make out of this?
0: Exactly. Carol's mother was also said to have a rather large nose. Wallace connected the mutilation of two victims' noses to this. Again, really no support there, but Mm -hmm. this this is... what wallace's evidence was
1: wallace wallace sounds a lot like you and me yeah. <laughs> weird conspiracy theorist It's just theorist. like i'm bored today <laughs> but he didn't have the option to make a podcast about it so he's like let's just
0: you know let's just
1: take some some famous poets writings and just make anagrams out of it exactly
0: oh trust me it gets real weird at the end but i'm gonna wait we're we're, we're okay. working up to that one all right all right all right So the story goes, so let's talk about some evidence against it, though, because obviously we're very skeptical. Yes. So the story goes as to how Alice in Wonderland was actually written Mm -hmm. in July of 1862. It was considered July 4th, but apparently there are some kind of conflicting ideas around that because they went for a boat ride and it was a cloudy, like kind of dreary day that day in that year. So the date. Exact date is kind of a wiggle room.
1: Right, because they're looking at, like, almanacs and stuff like that exactly. for the weather for that day. And it didn't match up.
0: Okay, got yeah. it. So, Mr. Dodgson and Reverend uh, Robinson, uh, sorry, the story goes that on July of 1862, Mr. Dodgson and Reverend Robson, Robinson Ducksworth, Duckworth, Rode a boat up the town <laughs> with the three young daughters of the vice chancellor of Oxford, U- Oxford University and dean of Church Christ, Henry Liddell. They were Lorena, age 13, Alice, age 10, and Edith, age 8. Mm-hmm. On their afternoon adventure, Mr. Dodgson wove a tale for them about a bored little girl named Alice who went looking for a grand escapade. The girls loved it, and Alice begged him to write it down for, her, like, just for her. Right. He began writing the story shortly after, and though the earliest copy of the story is lost, a month later he returned to the girls for another boat trip and another story, this time an even more embellished version of Alice. Mm -hmm. In November of that year, he began officially writing the story in earnest, and three years later, his manuscript was published. He used his time wisely... He even researched natural history for the animals presented in the book and asked other children to read the story for their leisure. Since they loved it, he asked John Tenniel to illustrate it.
1: Right. Now, was this Alice in Wonderland or Through the Looking Glass? This is Alice in Wonderland. Okay. Gotcha.
0: And this is also, it's kind of like building up to like before the, like Through the Looking Glass and then it kind of all, it's all episodes all wrapped in together. Right. Okay. Because this is all between really the last... 30 years of um of his life right yeah because this was like one of the last things he wrote well it's 1864 and he didn't die until about 1898 i do believe um but, but this would have all been happening right up until like through jack the ripper and everything because jack the ripper didn't happen until like 1888 right right so uh, then, on November 26th, 1864, just before the book was officially published, he gave Alice the handwritten manuscript of Alice's adventures underground with illustrations by Dodgson himself, dedicating it as a Christmas gift to a dear child in memory of a summer's day. This version apparently does, in, does not include the Cheshire Cat and the Mad Tea Party. The most vocal critic of this conspiracy is Caroline Leach. Caroline basically says, give me a break, man. She argues that the same method of anagrams can be applied to any number of works written in the Latin alphabet and using the English language without proving any intention by the original author. Yeah, absolutely. She even used A.A. Milne's Winnie the Pooh to indicate, according to his theory, that Milne had also committed the murder. (laughs) (laughs) The murders also don't line up. From August 31st through September 30th of 1888, Lewis Carroll was on vacation in East Sussex with... Bowen, Bowman, a child actress and personal friend of his. Mm -hmm. And Thomas Bain was laid laid up in bed with severe back pain, unable to move on november 9th of that year mary jane kelly was killed and both carol and bane were reportedly in oxford which is about a two-hour car drive away today right right so like that they're quite a distance
1: yeah absolutely
0: a passage in carol's diary dated eight uh, august 26th 1891 reports that he spoke that day to a mr Dabbs about an, his ingenious theory about jack the ripper Although it doesn't directly refer to any specific theory, it does indicate he may have just been in, as enthralled with the serial killer of the day as everyone was at the time. Right. He's an author with an imagination, too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But this is my absolute favorite fact that I've been building up to okay, about the story, right. and I am not making this up. Okay. as right, I even right. checked this, at, like, several times matching up the letters, and it does actually spell this out. Okay, I'm, I'm waiting at the edge of my seat. Anagram fanatics Francis Heaty and Guy Jacobson pointed out that you can create the same incriminating anagrams from Wallace's own text on the topic. The first three sentences of his book say... This is my story of Jack the Ripper, the man behind Britain's worst unsolved murders. It is a story that points to the unlikeliest of suspects, a man who wrote children's stories. That man is Charles Dodgson, better known as Lewis Carroll, author of such beloved books as Alice in Wonderland. Mm -hmm. It's an anagram of the truth is this. I, Richard Wallace, stabbed and killed a muted Nicole Brown in cold blood, severing her throat with my trusty shiv's uh, strokes. I set up Orenthal James Simpson, who is utterly innocent of this murder. P.S. I also wrote Shakespeare's sonnets and a lot of Francis Bacon's works, too. Oh, my God. This ties in with... Like, (laughs) all the letters match. I promise you, I looked at it a hundred times to make sure it did, and it absolutely was.
1: And then it also ties in with our last episode where exactly. we talked about William Shakespeare not being who he actually
0: was. Exactly. So I want to like leave you guys with my absolute favorite poem because uh, Lewis Carroll was a lover of letters and language. Mm. And of it's, of course, when you write poems like this, people are going to think there is either something wrong with this guy. Right. Or he is playing with us and that this actually means something else. Right. So, I'm going to conclude my portion of today's episode with my favorite poem, one of utter nonsense from Through the Looking Glass, written in 1871 The Jabberwocky. Oh, God,
1: yes. <laughs> Such a good one. Yeah, you know, I actually, okay, sorry to interrupt. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> actually, no, you go first and then I'll, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll interject.
0: Twas brillig and the slithy toves did gyre and gimble in the wave. All mimsy were the borough goves and moan wraiths outgrave. Beware the jabberwock, my son, and jaws that bite and claws that catch. Beware the jubjub bird and shun the frumious bandersnatch. He took his vorpal sword in hand. Long time did the maxim foe he sought. He rested by the temtum tree and stood a while in thought. And as an uffish thought he stood, the jabberwock with eyes of flame came whiffling through the tully wood and barked as it came one two one two and through and through the vorpal blade went snicker snack he left it dead and with its head he went golumphing back Has, hast thou slain the jabberwock come to my arms my beamish boy O oh, frabjous day Kalu, Calais, he chortled in his joy twas brilling in the slithy toves did gyre and gimble in the wabe all mimsy were the groves, and in the mome raths outgraved god such a an- it's such it's, a great I mean, poem. it's such a
1: nonsense poem but it's so good. But yeah, no, so what I was going to interject was that when I was in high school, I actually competed in like um like spoken word competitions mm-hmm. and and you know, I I specifically competed in poetry. Um and I think my senior year I I competed with um the Walrus and the Carpenter from mm. from Alice in Wonderland. Good one. Um I wanted to do, you know, the Jabberwock but it was a little too short for like the, the time length I had to meet. Um, so I ended up going with Walrus and the Carpenter, which is such another a great, great one. Such um, Oh, my God. But, yeah, that was such an interesting...
0: But when you write nonsense like that, it's easy for somebody to go, is this guy trying to tell us something? Yeah, yeah, and it is. And then, you know, with the words
1: that he's come up with, they use such interesting unused letters that it's easy to kind of, like, anagram them into something else. And
0: yet it still sounds like a story that's being told. Like, yeah. you can still get the sense that... But, I mean, when you read it you still know where the inflection goes yeah you know but yeah, yeah I think it's a great story and I thought it was a, a fun theory and you know obviously not true Lewis yeah. Carroll is not Jack the Ripper oh, but that's still really cool especially because Alice in Wonderland was written like 30 years before all yeah. that stuff was happening but yeah Wait, have you have you seen like the maybe? the video games that
1: they came out with where it was like um Alice into the madness or something like that uh-huh. and mm-hmm. they were like you know the super dark versions mm-hmm. of Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. It's it's almost like mixing those stories and, and adding kind of a Jack the Ripper like feel to the Alice in Wonderland stories.
0: There was a book I read a couple years ago that's just called Alice and they kind of took the story and t- like kind of turned it on its head and mm-hmm. made the like red hair or the, the, uh, the white hair was actually more of a um, it was like a muscular man that she hung out with it wasn't really a romance novel but Mm -hmm. they were escaping from like an insane asylum and she didn't realize that she was alice it was really an interesting take on the story i highly recommend that one
1: well i've seen i mean that's that's one thing about alice in wonderland is it it leaves itself open to so many different interpretations like you look at the um the recent like you know johnny depp alice Mm -hmm. in wonderland Mm -hmm. movies that are completely you know i mean they they use a lot of the aspects from the story and then take their own take on it um, or you look at the movie Sucker Punch was loosely based on Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, it, it's just, it's it's such an interesting story that has you know so many ways to interpret it that it can be you know put into almost anything
0: but i don't think it's a confession of murder
1: i do not no (laughs) i do not i I believe that it might be a confession of drug abuse a little bit
0: of stretch (laughs) yeah Even that's a little bit of a stretch but yeah yeah
1: but um yeah it was a christmas
0: gift in memory of a summer's day
1: so alice the ripper alice the ripper
0: i like it (laughs) cool cool awesome so that's my topic
1: i i love it
0: all right okay
1: so well thank you guys again as usual, for listening, we're so yep. happy to have all of you here. We
0: very much are, you and means yes. so much to us. And go check out our Patreon. If you go head over there, you get to find, get to see all our notes and yeah, stuff. Now, for, so. like
1: like we said, for for five dollars tier, um, you will get all of our past notes, um, and all of our future notes, and and you'll get access to the lost episode, yeah, which is um. Bittersweet. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's sad because we lost it, but it's it's cool that you guys are. We're still gonna put it out there hey, for it's you guys. Incentive,
0: exactly. So, but, exactly. Um,
1: but yeah, so check that out at um, patreon.com slash cryptypod. Yeah. You know, and cryptypod is kind of where you can find us on all of our social media. So And
0: come help us, come help support us because we need your help to, to keep doing this yeah, and to keep this up. And if you want to hear more of us, we need to hear more from you guys. Yeah. So we need your participation. We need you guys to share us, tell your friends, tell your family. And um, yeah, don't, uh, don't forget about us. You know, yeah. listen to us when you're going to work, but don't be selfish. Share us. Yeah. We, we Secrets be don't make in- friends. No. You know.
1: Secret secrets are no fr- fun. Exactly. Secret secrets hurt someone. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. I think one. I got that from Legally Blonde. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, silly. All right. All well, right. thank you guys for listening. We'll be back in two weeks to uh, cool. talk to you again. So. Um have a great rest of Hey, that means month. hey,
0: my birthday is like in less than two weeks. Oh, yeah, so this, is, uh,
1: this episode comes out the March week 1st. before your birthday. Yes, so um so early happy birthday to thank Tessa. You,
0: thank you. So, I appreciate um, it. Yeah, and we'll be back
1: um a couple of days before two days before St. Patrick's Day. Yay! Lucky. So um yeah, so we'll see you guys on the 15th. Awesome. And don't forget Big, Big brother, brother is watching.
0: watching. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Conspiracies Encrypteds with Sammy and Tessa. Don't forget to check out our website, www.conspiraciesencrypteds.com, for more episodes and other information.
1: And if you're really enjoying what we're doing, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash cryptipod. That's C-R-Y-P-T-I-P-O-D. There you can find different ways to support us and get some awesome goodies along the way.
0: While you're at it, you can also find us on all of your favorite social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's any one of those at cryptipod.
1: And if you're enjoying our podcast, please think about leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Leave us five stars and a nice little blurb about why you like us. It helps us to gain some traction and find some new listeners.
0: And while you're at it, don't forget to tell your friends. Because our friends are your friends. (laughs) And don't forget, Big Big Brother Brother is watching. watching.